Like Call It What You Want, which we know is your favorite podcast about the beautiful game, Viore is committed to delivering a great experience for everyone, which is highlighted by their new perspective on performance apparel. Everything is designed to work out in, but doesn't look or feel like it. In fact, I'm rocking their Stratotech polo right now, along with their Sunday performance jogger pants, so I can be business on top when I'm on camera, but super comfortable on the bottom. And it's just the best. Fiori gear is incredibly versatile, and it can be used for just about any activity. Running, training, swimming, lounging around, hosting podcasts, doing errands, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. And for our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash call it. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash call it. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash call it and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And if you follow the U.S. Men's National Team official Twitter account as fervently as we do, you'll know that the boys are all meeting up in Germany right now ahead of our first friendly against Japan on Friday. And we are going to bring you a very special preview podcast around that game on Thursday. But what's going to inform us about that special preview is how these guys performed this past weekend. We have to start with Ricardo Pepe <laughs> getting the start for FC Groningen and scoring his first goal in 345 days. And I'm coming to you first, Hollywood, since outside of Ricardo's parents, you are his number one fan. How are you feeling right now? Uh, I'm happy for him, you know? Like, you could just almost see it in his eyes, the relief of just finally getting a goal, but also just being in and around the box, being busy, contributing to a team. I think there's more than just the goal that goes into that. It's just having getting the the honest minutes feeling like he's backed. He just looks like his body language was completely different. And I think that's a, a, a great sign um, for the future. Yeah. I'm, I'm stoked about, it. by the way, on clay, clay Coleman, uh, for those that don't know him, uh, you should go look him up because he's got a sick tattoo that says 90 minutes, no excuses. Uh, <laughs> Clay Kuman is another level. That That's a real tattoo, level. and I remember seeing it, you know, and I was just like, yeah, man, you got this. You got this. You got this. <laughs> it's kind of in the Troy Dyack uh, vibe yeah. of, of yeah. defenders. All right, Charlie, yeah. let's talk about Ricardo Pepe. Do you feel like he starts now against Japan? Because he finally scored, baby. He got that confidence boost from getting into camp, and... I don't know. Is he gonna? Are you gonna give him the nod? Are you gonna give? Or is it Jesus Ferreira? Is it Josh Sargent? You, you, you both know Jesus Ferreira is, is gonna start. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now, but it is great to see a player bounce back with an opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. I think what still isn't sitting well with me is the fact that Jordy P. Folk is not in camp. He he's, yeah. he keeps scoring goals. I mean, we talk about strikers 
and what they bring to a team, right? I think he's so different and he's performing at such a high level. This isn't the rec league. He's, he's, he's a top, he's on the top team of the Bundesliga. This isn't even the, a relegation team. And he's the go-to guy. He's on the top team in the Bundesliga as a striker scoring goals. How are you not included? I don't care if, you know, there's certain things that you, you're not doing. Hey, well. Jimmy, I don't he, think Charlie was, was this mad last week. I don't think I don't he was think this he mad was this year. Now he's heated. Now, you know, now I feel like a diving header. He's, now he's, got he's a bone still to doing right it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's still doing it. He's still so, so, doing it. Charlie, do you want to borrow my phrase or not? You got to be P-fucking kidding me, okay? You got to be P-fucking kidding me. <laughs> and that, that Jordy you... P-fuck is not in this camp. And to borrow a phrase from the Big Lebowski, one of my favorite movies, this aggression will not stand, man. Okay, P-fuck scored again this weekend. As Charlie mentioned, Union Berlin is on top of the table. Dude has three goals and two assists in six Bundesliga games. I feel like if Greg doesn't take him, he's got to take him. It's got. It's the vibe. It's got to be vibes because his I know, form is undeniable. He's got to be about the vibes. I, I, I know we're all happy, but like he's going to the World Cup. he has to, right? I, but He'll but like to Cup. me, I think about this and I go, "You've had two years to do the whole like I'm going to get another look at somebody, right? Like uh, this, you know, I, I need to see Sergeant in camp again because you know he's 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 making his form again." Why would Pfock not be in camp? You don't have to play him. Put I him mean, at 26. Make him number 26 and say that you're a circumstantial guy. You get 10 minutes. I'm going to give you 10 minutes when my when my when my gut tells me. But why is he not in camp? And he made this comment. There was a comment recently, right? That he, that he said where it's like somebody had asked him if Greg Berhalter was going to be watching him over the weekend, and he said he he would be shocked if he was or something like that. I, I got to go look it up because I don't want to misquote it. But it was something in that vein of yeah yeah of taking a said, shot ultimately um, uh, uh, on that. And and it just blows my mind that 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 this is the case and greg, I mean, and, yeah. and greg the camp is in germany so greg could have gone and seen this game in berlin if if yes. he wanted to and he he, i mean he, he could watch it on absolutely. tv sure but but somebody maybe I, was there from the staff uh, like i said the last time when we talked about this i don't i don't i see him going to, to germany like, i don't see him being left off the world cup roster he might not be in this camp and you know they, they talked about getting players an opportunity to see them and they know exactly what Jordan P folk brings to the table. He's going to the world cup. If he's scoring like this and he's consistent, there's no way he's left off the roster. You need, you need an X factor, especially someone who's, who's doing it. I mean, if you're talking about, I, I saw a comment, he's, he's our Chicharito. No, he's not because He's never done anything to the Federation, to the coach, to disrespect them as far as that we, as far as well, we know. That's what I'm saying. It has to be the vibes. If he doesn't go, it's because of the vibes. Like he's yeah, not bringing something to the team off the you're field. Saying, you're saying he's taking away from the team. Well, I mean, that's the manner. same thing as John Brooks. Something yeah, happened. Yeah, exactly. Brooks and, and Berhalter. Let, let, let's and, present and it's the vibes. Let's present <laughs> a scenario, right? Ability. It's, it's got to be the vibes. And, and, and here's what I'm saying. John Anthony Brooks or Tim Ream could be very useful in closing out 10 minutes defensively. In the same way that Jordan Pfock can be useful in trying to create chances in the final ten minutes, right? Circumstantially, I would love to put in a big six foot five center back that's great in the air, that can win the ball, that's left footed in a natural position. If you're going to drop five back or just close out a game, I would love that as a circumstance. But obviously, it's the vibes. There's something bigger than that because you can't tell me John Anthony Brooks last season wasn't good enough. Now maybe he doesn't fit the system of being a starter in your team. But you can't tell me that he's not one of your guys that you could throw in circumstantially, knowing yeah, you got agreed, 26 agreed. players. You know, so, so, same so, way. Char so Charlie, let's talk using that and what you said before. Do you think there's a Hunger Games type thing going on between Sergeant Pepe and Ferreira to see? And then P Fox already in. Like, like Greg's already decided that P Fox is in. 
And that's so now if. I just got to figure out that the, I got to figure out the other two, but he could take all four. Yeah, he I could take all stop. four. I, I think he should take four strikers to the World Cup. I think you take you take four strikers. George, let's be honest. In terms of wingers and midfielders, you expect 90 minutes out of Tyler Adams, Weston McKinney, and most likely Eunice Musa if he's playing. And if and if and if he's not, you know, it's Brent Aronson. Um you know, these are guys you expect to go 90 and, and unless there's a, a circumstance where they're injured or something, you're going to sub them. Wingers, Christian Pulisic, most likely he's playing 90 unless he, for whatever reason, it is is just not fit enough because he's not playing enough minutes, right? So that then you the worry is, okay, maybe he doesn't even, he doesn't have 90 minutes for three group stage games. You know what, Charlie, case, hold on. Let me, Charlie, real quick on that. I, in theory, I think the same thing. But Jimmy, you guys had a starting eleven in two thousand six, but you didn't use that for all three games. Not, I, I don't even think even close to that. Uh, twenty ten, oh, I think you, you go through almost 20, 20 of twenty three players of the uh, or twenty one of twenty three players played in the last like three World Cups or something like some uh, absurd number. I'll look at the exact fact. Players do get used beyond those starting elevens, uh, and there is what I've seen at least historically rotation. Even though we've had what I think is our starting eleven, do you think this group is different because? It has been more of a cohesive starting eleven that you're going to go with it versus and in the younger. past we have, and, yeah. and the and the age. I mean, you're, you're not dealing with 30, 32, 33, 34 year olds. These are 18, 19, 20, 23, 24. So if you're talking about players who can actually go back to back to back games, that's that's a reality. Good shout. I think the, when you're when you're talking about adjusting to to matches, if you go and win Wales and beat Wales in the first game. You're not going to make too many changes. You, you, you're going to stick with that lineup. You you're going to give yourself an opportunity to say, "Hey, okay, we're going to." England's going to be a different look. Say, though, we're going to change Wales. tactics completely against yeah, England yeah, and, and yeah. throw things off. Maybe we, we can, we can afford to to put on uh, a few more players who who are better defensively. Or and yellow then, card you, troubles. You know, you 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 could yeah. be protective of of scenarios. That's the Iran like that. game for me. Yeah. The and last the, game is going to be the yellow card troubles. Well, in in the Iran game, that's a game where you want creative playmakers and, and guys who are or more apt to to be able to grind and 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 you know yeah, break, deal break with down a low, low block. block right yeah right all right so so yeah interesting times jordy pfock clearly making it a tough decision for greg berhalter or not i guess he might have already made up his mind let's move now to the center backs because cameron carter vickers and chris richards are both out of this camp due to minor injuries now before we get into what that means overall mark mckenzie has six starts so far this season with Gank. Five wins and one draw, three clean sheets, and arguably a man of the match performance this past weekend. He's, high, he's the highest rated defender in Belgium right now. That's right. And Gank is second in the table. So, so, so Mark McKenzie playing very, very well right now in terms of form. And then Eric Palmer Brown has started all eight games for Trois in Liga. They're currently in 10th. No clean sheets, though. And they're averaging two goals a game against uh, 16 goals in eight games. He plays in the middle of a back three, usually drops into a back five. Now, they're not a team that's going to go out there. I feel like 10th is a pretty good spot for them. And if they finish in 10th, I think they're going to be pretty pleased because mm -hmm. they were flirting with relegation last year. So I think they're kind of playing at the level that they should be at, given their their the talent at their disposal and, and the league that they're in. But still, you want more. I mean, just the same as we're asking Aaron Long and Walker Zimmerman to in, in the MLS to raise the games of people around them. EPB has to be held to that same standard. Uh, so so I would say that that needs to be better, uh, ultimately. But both of those guys get called in. I'm excited for both of them. That means, though, that the 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 Ream dream is over. 
clearly. And Cooks with Brooks, these are my two little catchphrases, is out as well. <laughs> I'm a dad, dude. You got to give me some Only dad joke time can sometimes. come up with those. Hey, okay. hey, you know, so, 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 so what's interesting, though, is that with McKenzie and, and Eric Palmer Brown getting called in, I assume because CCV and Richards are out that you're going to start Zimmerman and Long. And I think, Heath, you've been leaning towards that's what Greg's going to do anyway. But given that Zimmerman was kind of a guy that was an afterthought to start woke up qualifying, then when he got brought in, he got to start and then proved himself. Maybe Greg will throw something out there that's a little different, give no. us some contrast and have McKenzie versus and Zimmerman. Well, that's who that's kind of who I want to see right now. To be honest. You, you know, you know, I know it's going to be Zimmerman and long, but yeah. I'm just saying and Zimmerman didn't play this weekend against Austin FC. And there's no notes about. I went searching the internet about why he didn't play. I assume it's just so he didn't want to get hurt before he. Greg, went Greg called us. Greg called us one once a year. Uh, the once a year of like sit, sit my guy out. You know. He, yeah, there was nothing. The, he wasn't he was in the 18. I don't even know if he traveled. Like uh, he just wasn't. And there's no health report about his status. So yeah, I guess I think you're right on that, Heath. And then Aaron Long started against uh, New York City FC in the New York Derby, and they lost 2-0. Gave up two set piece goals. He wasn't really involved in in either one of them from a responsibility standpoint, but still the captain. And that's the first time in the history that NYCFC has won both games at the New York Derby in one season, or maybe they played three times, but, but uh, hey, Jimmy, real quick, I, I just feel like there's, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we'll find out today about Zimmerman of what that was, because there's just no way that you can rest him before national team camp, given I know Nashville are in a, in a decent spot right now, playoff wise, but like, it just seems like a weird, like if you're, if you're Nashville, you're going, I don't, I don't care about, that over there paying this guy two and a half million dollars a year you're gonna play the games that i'm paying you for i'm gonna let you sit out and rest so i'm just wondering what else I, that could be i don't know there was nothing i i went scouring hey, the internet let me let me ask you guys this then okay assume that it's 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 another chance for zimmerman and long right given that mm -hmm. i think Car with vickers out and uh and especially with with um richard big miss. do big you miss think it, it is but do you think epb or mckenzie have a legitimate shot to do something in this camp. Do you think they'll get the time? Do you think this is Greg just showing the the depth and maybe we'll, we'll, we'll give them another look? Or do you think that these guys are five and six on a depth chart um, and they, it's going to stay yeah. that way? Can they change they, that? They, they they are five and six on the depth chart. That's there, There's no changing that right now. But I, I do think that both of them stand a chance to move up and, and be in consideration because, I mean, Mark McKenzie – we saw in, in the year where the union won the supporter shield, what a beast he was just so athletic. But then when he got the opportunity with the national team in the nation's league, it's not about athleticism at the, at the international level, right? It can help you. But I think we've learned as Americans, just because you might be the, the best athletes does not guarantee you anything in the international game. If you don't understand tactics and you're not quick on the ball with decision-making and you don't have a, a, a firm game plan, you're, you're toast. You're nothing. And I think for Mark McKenzie, it was the speed of play and and being able to think quicker and adjust. And that Mexico game, he he made a mistake, but he rebounded. I mean, he could have gone into a shell. It took him a little while to get out of it, but he did. I think that experience helped him out tremendously. So given the fact that he's in Belgium, where technique and, and tactical uh, awareness is so important for success, and he's killing it, that's going to make him transition into the national team a lot easier than than when he did with in the Nations League uh, final. So, I, I think he he stands a good chance. And then for Eric Palmer Brown, he he struggled in the last uh, matches where he got a, an opportunity with the U.S. Men's National Team. But I will say he came in as a substitute in Azteca and did well. Coming in as a substitute in Azteca is not easy. I mean, you're going zero to hundred, and he handled himself well. 
So I think both players can come in and, and really uh, make a difference in terms of, you know, tell, hey, making I, sure Greg knows that they, they'll, they'll be able to hang and, and they're ready and that hopefully that they've improved. Hey, I got to say, Charlie, that was your chance to to really flex and say that going to Azteca is tough for some people, you know, <laughs> for, some people. for some people. I, others, I, don't, others, I don't have that in me. I don't yeah, that yeah you me. do. Yeah. You know, for some people, they really struggle down there. You know, others, they thrive uh, in in uh, elevation of uh, the Himalayas with no oxygen and uh, in the middle of the day. You know? some, <laughs> some people, some people gobble that up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for those that aren't getting to watch us on YouTube, Charlie is wearing a jacket that that shows that he once dominated at Azteca because he's wearing <laughs> the nicest leather jacket. Just got off his Harley. You know, everything looks great. Jesus, he's going to a fashion show after this one, just so everybody knows. Now, my two cents on this. It's a big miss for Cameron Carter Vickers and, and Chris Richards. Just in terms of, hey, we haven't seen you in a while. You haven't been with the group in a while. Let's see how you're partnering with Walker or Aaron or, or each other, whatever it may be. And, and how that, that fits into the whole group. Because right now, this is where Greg's making those final decisions about how he's putting this puzzle together, how he's putting this 26-man roster together. So to miss out on those valuable minutes is now, and also giving an opportunity to potentially a McKenzie or Eric Palmer Brown to squeeze you out a little bit. Whoo, that is squeaky bum time for, for these guys. But, uh, you know, these injuries, you also have to be really thoughtful. I think Greg's made his decisions, I think, in a lot of ways on, on this position. And as long as those guys come back and are healthy, McKenzie and or Eric Palmer Brown have to be playing lights out and just be absolutely owning it if they get any chances against Japan and Saudi Arabia and obviously with their club teams to 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 muscle any one of these guys out. To your point, though, before I think Heath is about Chris Richards, and I know Charlie has a little bit of an exception to this. He doesn't I know Charlie says that it doesn't matter with Chris Richards. If he's not playing much, Greg still likes him. And we we obviously think he's got the highest ceiling of our center backs. But if he's not playing, why not go with a, a Mark McKenzie? Let's just use him as an example because he's playing so well and he is the highest rated player in Belgium right now. So it's it's really interesting as to who you're going to take and why and, and how they all fit in. So it's a big, big, big opportunity for Mark well, McKenzie. I, I, I want to know uh, what you think, Jimmy, as, as a center back, who compliments which which center back complements um, each other well in terms of partnerships? Like who who do you think is a good fit, and who do you think of of the center backs in camp right now would be uh, a pairing that you'd want to see in the World Cup? Yeah, let's, so, let's pretend great. Cameron Carter sure. Vickers is out and and Chris Richards. Yeah, it's a good question. I, I think I mentioned it before that I think there are some similarities between Aaron Long and Walker Zimmerman and. I'd like mm -hmm. a little contrast mm -hmm. with regard to that. Now, I think that Walker Zimmerman has a little bit more of the intangibles. I think he's a better leader. I think he puts people in better spots. And I think the communication he's giving feels like the team responds to him a little bit better than Aaron Long. Now, in fairness to Aaron Long, he missed about a year with the national team during some pretty vital times where he could have developed that same type of rapport. But I think Walker's really filled that void. Now, Aaron sometimes feels like he's defending on an island and maybe doesn't feel as connected. This is me really nitpicking the crap out of this guy. But but I think we have to with regard to your question because one mistake could cost us in a World Cup and whether we go through or we don't. Or we don't. So so I would probably start one or the other. But if, if it's not going to be, if it is Aaron Long, then I think you got to bring in somebody that is as vocal. And I don't know, I can't speak to Mark McKenzie as much. I know Heath can, knowing that he knows him better. Eric Palmer Brown for me still feels like I love his game. I'm probably his number one stand over here, especially on the pod. But but I don't know if he's out there really bossing it from a communication standpoint. And I think that is so vital in key moments when the game's going a thousand miles an hour to solve some problems, put out fires before they start. So 
I'd almost have Eric Palmer Brown as a, a super sub, and I'd maybe start Mark McKenzie, to be honest, just because of what I've seen recently. That said, um, that's a great question. Yeah. And I'd almost maybe even go by form. And, and if, if Eric is the one that, or excuse me, if, if Mark is the one that continues to ball it out in Belgium, I, I would probably go with the hot hand and have him go uh, with, with Walker Zimmerman, which is why I kind of want to see it, assuming that, that that actually does happen. I, I, I do want to say also that part of that form that I want to relay is that we know Chris Richards has the highest ceiling. Chris Richards played 19 games out of 34 last year in the Bundesliga, and he was, he was fantastic. Got injured, missed half the, a little less than half the season. Is now 47 minutes uh, uh, so far in, in, in the Premier League. Obviously, I believe last weekend, well, he's, he's got a little bit of a knock, and, and last weekend the game's po- postponed. When you are a player that does not play, you can have the highest ceiling in the world, and after a while... It is going to weigh on you. It is going to weigh on your confidence. It's going to weigh on your sharpness. Yes, you train every day with top Premier League players, but you cannot, whether it's me, whether it's Jimmy, whether it's you, Charlie, spend months at a time on the peripheral and be at your best. It is just not possible. It's not possible. And so there is a little bit of worry for me, even though I do think Chris Richards is our best option. And I'm hoping that he can step in because he doesn't have all the experience to lean on either, right? So you're talking about a state of fragility with a young player that's shown flashes, but hasn't found his, his, his necessarily his form, but he is still our best uh, defender. And that makes it complicated for me. Whereas I look at Mark McKenzie, I go, look, he made his mistakes in the national team. He never looked really, really looked super comfortable since he's been in the national team. And then he's been pushed out because of his club situation that, that takes you real down. Right? So if you got, you haven't shown yourself in the national team, you're not playing at your club team. That is grounds for, for being replaced and people stepped up and passed him. But now He's been given a second chance at life, right? And he is now in the situation where he's played all games. They've sold John Lacumi to Bologna, a big, a big transfer. You know, I think it was like, you know, eight figures. And so he's obviously a top player playing in front of him. And now he's got a chance to show that he's got the form and he's got the confidence. Similar to him, Eric Palmer Brown, same things. You get a chance to come in and show, not that you are incrementally better because you all, everybody knows you can go into training, you can have a great day, you can have an average day, you can have a whatever day, right? You can go years as a defender without truly standing out if you don't have certain attributes. But one of them is going to have to show that their ceiling has gone up from what we expected or what that what we currently thought was their ceiling. And I think that could slip somebody in to pass Cameron Carter Vickers, whatever. But right now, I'm I am I am not excited about Long and Zimmerman as our starting center backs in, in the World Cup. It's not an exciting thing because of their current form, because of the the style of play that we have. Uh, the, their, their passing of the game, the passing of the ball, the sharpness of those things. It's not my favorite combination, but I'm just curious where else you can go at this point. You know, where else do you go when you're Greg and you go, well, I got to have some experience somewhere, even if they're, you know, Long's not in, in, in great form right now. Zimmerman's not in peak form that we saw months ago. Where do you go? Do you, do you, do you, do you go to uh, uh, McKenzie? Because if, if it's form, then is, or is form just circumstantial and you go, okay, we got one spot. Who's going to be the one in that spot? And Zimmerman's locked down in center back. I think that might be the case. Yeah. Charlie, any, any chiming in on this? You want to answer? Sorry, let question? me get off my soapbox. Sorry. No, 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 no. You had like a, a let me climb, a, let me climb it down. Like down a, it was like a Charlie final thought there, but uh, yeah. you know, you got early on it. Go ahead. No, I, I, I liked it. I think at this point, Mark McKenzie, because of, of you, you throw in potential, right? But actually, ability currently, knowing that his ceiling is still uh, so high, I, I would like to see Mark McKenzie alongside Zimmerman and see what that looks like. I, I feel like they could complement each other really well, similar to what kind of the partnership he had when he was with the union. 
two two players that have athletic ability. I feel like Mark McKenzie, what makes him so great at times is his ability to to recover and and cover those gaps if Walker's Zimmerman does step up and we've seen him as of late step up and and sometimes a little late uh, he hasn't been sharp and if he does miss that challenge if he does go up in the air and it's not there I would bet on Mark McKenzie being there to 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 back him up and and recover and and be mm-hmm. and be that safety net that we need um in the World Cup so Mark McKenzie I think for me would be the right player to partner Walker's Zimmerman to start but I think just if you're going on continuity, I think he's going to go with Aaron Long and give him every opportunity to is, be the guy next to Walker great. Zimmerman. Uh, whether we think that's right or wrong, at the end of the day, it's what do you know? What What's the trust that you have? And I, I feel like he believes those two will, will pair very well together. Now, if Aaron Long doesn't do well, I think we'll see Mark McKenzie in there really quick. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's going to be... Interesting time. So obviously we'll have all eyes on that, that uh, first starting lineup. I also wanted to pose this question to you guys. Was there ever a time where you felt a player should have been on the roster that did not receive a call-up that may have been performing with their club and you all thought that he deserved a chance at the very least but didn't get that call? Because in, aw- in terms of, of what P-Folk is going for, if you're a player on the team and sure. whether you play strike or you, you don't play striker, you're just on the team and you're saying, hey, the national team should always be guys who are who are performing and doing well. And you're talking about the top team in the Bundesliga. This guy's scoring goals. We need a nine. Mm-hmm. Why is he not getting called in at the very least? I, guys, I mean, Jimmy, before you answer, by the way, yeah. this is this. If you go to any big national team, this is an issue. Right. You look at some top top players i promise you if you're not brazil i know we're not (laughs) but but if you look at if you look at some of your favorite uh favorite players one day (laughs) one day charlie you know but if you look at some of your favorite players or favorite uh, other national teams that you like to watch or into entertainment by there are guys that are peak informed players that are and and i'm not talking about like decent and and deserve a call i'm talking about world class that are on top of everything that don't that aren't part of plans of certain national for instance for instance the trio at arsenal right now the brazilians Mm-hmm. They're they're left off the roster, and you're thinking we're we're the top team in the English Premier League. We're playing every week, and Gabby Jesus can't get a call up to the national team. And I and I get you look at some of the options that they have. Uh, Gabriel, I think he still goes though. Yeah, I do too. But yeah. you know, it just you can't always go to all the camps. Look at France when you know Lacazette yeah. was was still playing. He didn't get a call up. You know, there, there's just players who. You know, Martial. I think he he felt he he should have went to the World Cup as well, but didn't wasn't playing. There are, are super talented players that ultimately don't get an opportunity because they're not in form. I feel like I feel like if you're a big country and you're you're performing, typically you're getting called in. It's it's maybe the big players who aren't playing that don't get that luxury. Like a Christian Pulisic, if he's playing on, you know, any other big nation, you're not playing. Guess what? You're not you're not getting called in where we we would start him. Right, right. I remember 2006 to get back to your question, Charlie, where there were four of us on Kansas City that were all on the bubble to go. Me, Josh Wolf, Eddie Johnson, and Kerry Zavagnin. And Kerry's the one that didn't go. And Bruce Arena elected to bring John O'Brien in for obvious reasons. John O'Brien was excellent in 2002 and, and uh, a talisman in some ways in terms of having this ability that can change a game. The problem was Johnny O'Brien was in the heyday of him being injured every other game. I love Johnny O, but you know, he did have that tendency to get hurt a lot. And so 
Bruce took a risk and decided to bring John O'Brien and only played him the second half against Czech Republic because he just wasn't fit. And to Heath's point earlier, even though he was training, he just still didn't have that match sharpness that could have him punch into the the, the starting eleven. And and when he did come on, he he just looked like he wasn't fit. And and maybe Kerry Zavagnin wasn't the guy anyway, right? And and that's a conversation to be had. But it just that was one where Bruce elected to go with somebody that he counted on before and and he trusted before at the highest levels than to maybe bring a carry who he probably didn't see like was gonna play anyway. He might raise the you know, the, 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 the level of training, he's going to be a good hard worker. He's going to, you know, everything's going to be nice and just how he played really simple and, and, and good transition player, but, but he's not John O'Brien. And, and so I don't know if that risk ultimately paid off for, for Bruce. Cause you want to rely on the John O'Brien's actually go out there and make an impact. But that was one player when you said that, that stood out to well, me. Jimmy, I don't know if you the, have one. The, the one that I, the one that I have the most, and it's not an American standpoint because I, it's apples to oranges in terms of, yeah, we know Brazil is completely different, but Emmerich Laporte couldn't get a call mm. up. Mm-hmm. And then he switched to Spain. He's played his first cap for Spain in 2021. He's won Premier League starting for Manchester City, arguably the best team in the world for multiple years. Couldn't get a call up into to Spain. He was he's a dual national, but started playing for the France national team in uh, in in oh sorry, the, it couldn't get a call up to France. Started playing for the Spanish national team uh, in in, Must be in nice, 20, huh? 2021. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a unique circumstance because we're talking about the best of the best, and we're talking about a, you know there's probably 20 center backs that could play for France. Right. But when you think about players you're like this guy is winning premier leagues the hardest league in the world you know biggest challenge in the world he can he can defend he can he's good on the ball he has all these tools uh and from 2016 being a u21 to 2021 no caps for the national team for for france um which is i think is unique to me and and again this is a side note. This is not in comparison to the U.S. national team. For anybody that I know, we're going to get. But we are broadening our player pool. We, we are, are broadening our player pool. Broadening and, our player pool. And and the conversation is shifting from anybody who's playing at a high level is getting called in. Whether you're in Denmark, Sweden, France, you know, you could be anywhere. If you're in good form, you're getting called into the national team. We need to see everybody we can to now scouting being better, the pool broadening, players being younger, having a different look, and now having a different type of system, right? In the national team, we actually play. What I think is a system. I don't remember a system in the national team. Well, yeah. Could you imagine, though, if we had a player five, six, seven, eight years ago playing in the Bundesliga for the top team in there and scoring goals and getting assists and not getting called in? (laughs) Absolutely not. People's hair would be on fire. I mean, they're already on fire anyway, but it's just like it would be another another level. All right, everybody. We're going to take our first and only break of In Soccer We Trust. When we come back, we got more players to discuss on the other side of this break and the U.S youth national team under 20s dropped their roster that that roster is pretty sick and then we're going to talk about this mls only camp that's going to also happen that i just heard about even though it got posted five days ago where was i everybody all right don't go anywhere we'll come right back hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. 
At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to In Soccer We Trust. I'm Jimmy Trashcan Conrad alongside Chuck Wagon Davies and Hollywood Heath Pierce. And we're getting after it as we do on Mondays. I'm wearing some of our merch. If you want some, then you should go find it on the internet. Because <laughs> I can't remember the, the, the website right now. So somebody just, well, you know what? We'll put it in the, we'll put it in the information the for you guys. The chat, the description, all that good stuff. Guys, all right. So we've talked about a lot of the players. Jimmy. I know. I'm all over the is place. Is English now. your second language? It is my second language <laughs> and, and my first. I'm strong. Oh, you are Danish. Aren't you Danish? Or don't you I am have Danish. Some, uh, 50% yeah, Danish. Yeah, I there am. you go. I know. That's yeah. Good. Danish speak okay. English perfectly too, though. <laughs> Probably better than we do, to be honest. I know. More proper, that's for sure. So so let's talk about some other players. We got Joe Scally, who went 90 minutes for Borussia Mönchengladbach and played very well in their 3-0 win over RB Leipzig. We got Sammy Vines, who got yet another win with Royal Antwerp. They're on top of the table in Belgium. We got Luca De La Torre, who got the last seven minutes in Celta Vigo's 3-0 loss to Valencia that Yunus Musa unfortunately didn't play because he's hurt. Ethan Horvath, 2-0 clean sheets against Blackburn. Big win for Luton Town. Reggie Cannon, full 90. And Boa Vista's big win over Sporting Club de Portugal. That was a bit of a surprise. Kellen Acosta, I just have him written down. Full 90 for Supporter Shield leaders LAFC in their 3-1 win over the Houston Dynamo last night. Uh, we got Weston McKinney. I don't know which ones you want to talk about. I want to talk about Juve. They lost to Monza, recently promoted Monza, and that was the first win of Monza's Mm-hmm. Uh, in, back in Serie A. So it's a bit of a shock for Juve to lose there. But Maxi Allegri, the coach, has come out and started to, to have a lot of excuses. And I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on this as it pertains to Weston McKinney because he says, well, at one point we'll be able to count on Chiesa and Pogba in January. Then we'll see what we can ask them to do, blah, 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 blah. But I, uh, I'm happy with the transfer market project, but there aren't any players on the pitch. This is a quote. He said this. There aren't any players on the pitch. So you try to take away five starters from Inter or Milan, and then let's see if they go into difficulty. And I'm like, what? Is Weston McKinney not one of his guys? Yeah, I thought he liked Weston McKinney, and now I feel like he threw his whole team under the bus. Uh, Charlie, why don't you go first on this? This is uh, interesting times. I think Maxi Allegri's holding on for dear life at this point. I don't think they're going to fire him. They're paying him $9 million a year. They just gave him an extension. But you got Thomas Tuchel out there. you got Zidane out there. you got, uh, if you like Pochettino, he's out there as well. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, Charlie? Yeah, I mean, I I I would I would think they're out there investigating in terms of of coaches because if you can get Zidane or Thomas Tuchel, you're you're making that move because mm-hmm. Juve is heading in the wrong direction. But they did have a red card. I mean, it's not like true, true, true. It's not like they were at full strength for most of the game. So Di Maria is out, and then what? In terms of a game where you're not getting a result and, and things aren't going well, they score in the 74th minute. If Weston was not one of his guys. He's off the pitch. Yeah. Any any excuse, he's subbed. He he that's not the right. case. Weston, what he trusts Weston and Weston gives them a different edge. So um I, I still think he values Weston McKinney and what he can bring to, to the team. But it doesn't seem like he I, I guess not, if he had everybody hundred percent. Would he start him, Heath? I mean, I don't even know. It just doesn't seem like okay, yeah, Weston's we we can rely on him. But if I had my choice, I'd rather rely on other guys. That's what I'm picking up. Maybe I'm trying to read into this to create some drama. I mean, they're I don't know. they're in a they're just in a crap form right now, right? Like the club mm-hmm. the shift, you know, they they they're calling it a project and and uh and uh it just You don't have projects I, I, at UVA. That's not yeah, yeah. they got to win. Well, I mean, they they had a project for 10 years and it was working great. And then they had a wage <laughs> bill they had to shed and they had a bunch of uh, other issues, you know, Ronaldo leaving sort of post Ronaldo era. Um which is an era at any club that he leaves. Uh, but yeah, guys, there's one thing I wanted to bring up, by the way. Um, Zach Steffen played 90. 
He did. From Middlesbrough over the weekend. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Against, against Rotherham, Rotherham, I think. Um, he played 90. So would you... He's not weird, in, right? He's not Why in would camp. You bring him in. He's not even in camp. What? That's weird, dude. Yeah, like I, 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 and I honestly, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't know that until just a few minutes ago. When I, uh, <laughs> I thought, well, I didn't even look because I didn't know he was exactly. Uh, they were talking about an injury, and then you know, you just expect it to be you know lingering or off, and they talk yeah, about zero, uh, zero whatever. Against Rotherham. <laughs> but, and him and here, here's another thing. Him and Ethan Horvath both played 90, and um, Ethan Horvath made zero saves. Yeah, one well, to zero. Uh, that's that's just I mean Zach Steffen made zero, zero, zero <laughs> saves. Our Americans made zero saves and had clean sheets over the weekend. Just so call him in. <laughs> yeah, but he's not calling. It's a bizarre thing. Something something. Zach Steffen over the last twelve months, something has just felt really bizarre uh, with just his world. You know, um, of playing, not playing, out of form. Then we see the comments of the coach wanting to go with somebody else, and then he <laughs> then he's injured, doesn't get called in, and then plays ninety. It's a bizarre, it's a bizarre world in right now. Yeah, that's that's intense. Uh, and I'm kind of curious how that's going to play out. And I wonder what the communication's like between him and Greg at the current moment. Cause sometimes I can get a little, a little muddled. If you feel like you're getting different information than what you thought, whatever. I don't know. I've kind of been down that road. I almost, I almost walked into it, but I'm going to stay out of it at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I, knew, so I, was, I knew, I knew where you were going with that. I know. I, I, I know. I was, I'm going to, I'm going to refrain. I was starting to, I was starting to reel. I was starting no, to reel. No, no, I had a got, nice I, little, I had a nice little catch I was on, okay, on here the hook. Here, go, here goes Jim. <laughs> I, I saw the bait. I gave it a little, I put a little tongue out there. It's okay. I pulled back. I'm pulling back. So Charlie, any other players? I thought Joe Scally actually was very good against RB Leipzig with going up against, David Rom and and Christopher Nkunku and Dominic Zabaslai, like some good, 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 good top top players in three in the Bundesliga. Humbling. Yeah, three zero, and uh, he was he was solid. And I think that's it's funny. I think a couple of our guys really got that boost from getting named to the team. I'm sure they maybe knew a week before, but but having that out there so everybody knew sometimes does put a little uh, pep in your step, as it were, Charlie. Uh, well, I mean, I think Ricardo Pepe is probably the, the the name that always comes to, to to mind when it comes to a player who is getting a second chance and, and making the most of it you know comes in at, at as a as a second half substitute 45th minute and gets an assist then the next game first start goal you know he's he's trending in the right direction he gives us a, a lot of different uh, options in in the attack I, I like Ricardo Pepe when he's in form and confident he might be our 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 most influential striker, even though he's on loan at Groningen. So I don't care if he, if, if he, you know, he didn't do well at Augsburg. If he scores 10 goals to finish out, you know, the, the rest of this campaign before the world cup starts. And I think he really stands a good chance of, of starting for us. Yeah. Yeah. That's intense. Another player we actually didn't bring up and I should have is Gio Reyna. Yep. He came in as they, (laughs) no matter how bad they want to leave him off. They keep having to put him in, Jimmy. Yeah, Marco Royce gets hurt after 30 minutes. That actually might uh, je- jeopardize his involvement with Germany for the World Cup, which would be pretty sad. He always seems no, to get it hurt. It said it was before. a short term. No, it won't It won't affect it. We'll see. We'll see. But, we'll see. but yeah. Gio Reyna comes in 30, 30 second minutes. He ends up spraying the ball wide. That leads to the the one and only goal in Dortmund's big win. 1-0 win over Schalke in the Riviera Derby. Uh, Gio Reyna, again, now a super sub. Maybe, maybe... That's how he's going to be playing for us. I don't know. It's 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 interesting, and I'm curious to see how he does in camp. And Gio I can't Reyna, wait to see the starting line. Sub? I'm just I, saying. Well, who's going to be your I super sub? Pulisic? I can't see that. Uh, Brendan uh, Aronson? I, who's your super I'm, sub? 
I'm just know. saying. Loose is if, out, so maybe Charlie's gonna Charlie's gonna start 13 players again. Here we go. Yes, go ahead, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> You're like the owner of Chelsea. Give us your play four, with, four, play three, with a four four four, dude. Let's Give us go. your four four four. Oh boy. <laughs> All play right, we're going, going, play we're with back five, so we're protected, and then we'll get four in the midfield and four up top. <laughs> oh man. Hey, hey, by the way, for for me, uh, one one player that I, I wanted to touch on, um, and I, I hope it doesn't have a huge effect, but Serginho Des got the second half. AC Milan gave up mm-hmm. a penalty right away uh, into the second half. Um, I, I wonder about him. Obviously, Pioli came over to him right after the game, kind of put his hand around him, kind of gave him a little bit of a, a like, yeah, hey, yeah. you know, I got your back and it happens type of thing, which I think is a big thing because there's a lot of managers that wouldn't do that or have the, 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 the thought to, to go and do that, especially after losing to a Napoli, right? That's a massive loss for AC Milan at this point in the season, but he came up to him. That thing, I think, is a sign of, of respect, knowing he's a young player and he's going to go through this stuff, but gave up a mm-hmm, penalty mm-hmm. when he had his chance. And then I look at Theo Hernandez, who continues to be the best player on the field for, for AC Milan in terms of his quality, that I just wonder, how much time will he have? How long will it take for him to adjust to the level and, and, and get those games? But I, I'm actually excited for him to come into camp and have a break from just all of his change of life from Barcelona to AC Milan to now be back with the national team group. Hopefully, he uses that, like we've seen with other players, to just sort of Take your mind off of things and all the change and 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 build on that. But certainly not a bright moment for him over the weekend. Yeah, it wasn't great. And obviously we want to see him get as many minutes as possible. But um yeah, Charlie, any thoughts on on that? And I agree with you, Heath, that Stefano Pioli having because you're right, a lot of managers wouldn't do that. And I think that speaks to probably how he's feeling and how he's been welcomed into the team. But yeah, at some point. Pioli's not going to continue to do that if you keep making the same mistakes. And and um, you know, that's been the one knock on Sergio Des, Charlie is is that the that defensive side? Defensive, <laughs> yes. So I think he's at the right club to learn uh, about how the importance of defending and and how to defend, mm-hmm. because that's the only way you're going to get on the pitch is if you you know how to defend and you're tactically sound and you you do the the the, the small things um, really well. So I think for Sergio Dest, he's at the right place because that's the foundation. You have Paolo Maldini, who's you know running the club basically. This is a, a, an area for him to really develop, which I think will help us in the long run. But it's uh, like he said, how quick can he develop those defensive responsibilities, understanding the defensive responsibilities, and then acting on them? But uh, when your manager is is giving you, you know, the the arm around, uh, you know, and and kind of being there for you and showing the support, that goes a long way. Not not only just for yourself being like, man, the coach is there for me. But I think it goes to show that he'll be patient with Sergio Dest. It's not about you gotta you gotta deliver for me now or it's done. I think he's gonna get opportunities, which is which is encouraging. But this is what makes us nervous about Sergio Dest, right? He gets isolated in a one v one situation. Yeah. He doesn't defend very well and then all of a sudden and it's it not gonna go away. I'll tell you right, right now. World it's Cup not gonna change in it's in, not, in it's not gonna month. change in the World Cup, by the way. Yes. So as much as you get from him in the attacking half, just know that this is this is a cause for concern. It's not going away. He he might be a little bit more uh, apt to defend and, and put himself in better spots, starting positions. Because I think when you do get forward, he, he exposes himself. So maybe it's running, arriving into the to, to attacking half a little bit later. The timing is a little bit better, which will help us in transition. But that's 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 one of my biggest worries is defensively. When Sergio Dest is on the pitch, that that side of the field getting exposed, and that's Walker Zimmerman, right? So Zimmerman's got to be, you know, 
ordering Serginio Dest. So you have to have that relationship and, and mutual respect because how many times have you played uh, Jimmy with with a right back who maybe or left back who didn't necessarily listen? And then what did that do well, for he's you? Well, sitting right that? here, Charlie. So you can just, <laughs> he, you can just say Heath he, if you want. I'm naming he, names. When you played with a center back, I know you were talking about Olave sometimes not being where they're supposed to be when, you, when you're attacking or defending. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> go ahead. Go, go ahead, Jimmy. Go, 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 go. No, no, no. I was just going to reference that that goal that we gave up against Canada in World Cup qualifying where there was a disconnect between Miles Robinson and I believe it was Serginho Dest. Who was playing right back in that one? I wanted to look that up. But against who? Against Canada at home in Nashville. That was um, Yedlin, wasn't it? Was it Yedlin? Okay. Wasn't, wasn't but, it Yedlin got burned on that throw-in? But that gap was so big between the right back and the center back that I almost, as much as... It's obvious. It's the easy thing to say. Well, Yedlin's out of position and all that, but but Miles needs to be a little bit more connected. If your right back goes, you got to stay ten or fifteen yards away. You can't have those big gaps to be exposed. And so, but it's it's also the, the flip side of that is also having the trust to know that why is Serginho Dest on the field? It's not to defend. He needs to defend. That's his first job. But if you're a center back, your job is also to figure out times that you could release them and let them cheat a little bit, knowing you're going to hedge a little bit to let them be a little higher up the field or when you can have moments in time when you know, hey, we're leaning on them. I'm going to release him a little bit and I got to organize around him. That trust uh, uh, gives a different type of freedom to a player uh, to build that relationship with somebody, right? That's saying, hey, go up a little bit. My best my, my, my best times at the club level, I actually was playing right back when I first got to, the, to, to, to MLS and I was playing next to George John. And George John used to release me all the time and just allow me to cheat up just mm-hmm. even five mm-hmm. yards change my starting position where I could attack, where I could receive the ball, knowing that he's like, dude, if it goes over the top, I want you to like overcommit. I got you covered over the line. That that relationship with me, because I'd never played right back before, changed my whole ability to play in that position. So that relationship is super important for communication and trust and building sort of roles and responsibilities within all that to where you can say, hey, I got your back, you got mine and things like that. Because we know the highest level, it's about making plays all game long. And part of that is going to be making a play for a teammate who gets beat and those types of things or making a play that puts your teammates in the best position uh, to succeed. Not just, hey, I'm a center back and I do my job right here and you do <laughs> your job over there. And yeah, I talk a lot to make it easier. And that's it. You do yours, I do mine, and, and we all win the game. So, so Charlie, if I'm Rob Page, the manager of Wales, I'd be telling Gareth Bale, you get the ball, you run right at Serginho Dest. I'm going to set you up right here. You go find those pockets. You don't want to try to Ryan expose Giggs. it when well, he goes forward. Well, you don't want to be either Giggs. side. Uh, well, I'm telling Giggs. you right now, have you seen LAFC play of, uh, as of late? Gareth Bell running at Serginho Dest, maybe not, might not be that bad. That's fair. He, that's fair. That's fair. He's not in form. It will, for, it will for Wales, though. He comes to life for, for, for uh, Yeah, for but he's he's supposed to be in, in a good frame of mind in LA. Yeah. He came you know, here to get minutes, and he's not getting minutes. Yeah, and, and the minutes he has, he has gotten – haven't resulted that guy's in, in got wins. a change the, the of speed record though is, that is unlike a lot the of record is, is pretty bad know, when he's on the pitch he, he wants the LAFC. ball at his feet all the time like he's tucking he checks back underneath now and he's not getting out isolated on the on the wing and running mm-hmm. at guys he does it a few he's done it a few times he had a few flashes of that but he hasn't scored yet and that's not great for his form and and oh no he has scored but he hasn't he hasn't had the impact not lately uh, recently he hasn't scored. Where, where he's had big chances and hasn't converted on them and and he's not like that's why you can't play him and Vela together is because they're always checking back underneath to get the ball. Um, that if you keep a Gareth Bale in front of you all the time, if that's where he's going to have his impact, then then you're pretty you're pretty excited with that. Well then, but okay, well, well let's skip Wales and go to England. I mean, if you're Sterling, if you're Foden, if you're Grealish or whoever comes in, you extend. You're gonna either gonna set up. You're gonna set up in that pocket, either right uh, behind Arikai. where Sergio Daniel is, 
Or are you going to set up where Anthony Robinson would be potentially bombing forward and they're going to try to expose us on that? And I think England in particular probably thinks they can defend with six players and 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 probably manage us in some ways. And they could probably cheat one of those players. At least that's what I would consider doing. Hopefully they're not listening. But, but that's where they could hurt us a lot. And if they get isolated in those 1v1 spots against these guys that they are – as you guys know, defending is more just a willingness to want to defend. And if your instincts aren't there, it's hard to just switch that on. Now, maybe, maybe because it's a World Cup, we're going to see like Anthony Robinson become, you know, Paolo Maldini or whatever, which I would love. But, uh, you know, I don't I don't think that's going to happen. So, Chuck, I mean, I know you wanted to jump in there with regard to that. This is an area that gives me some concern. Yes, I think there's not one U.S. men's national team supporter does is is confident that this back line is is going to to keep clean sheets throughout throughout the world cup that that's just i don't think that's really possible um if if you're talking about just being isolated 1v1 situations it's not going to go well no. this has to be a unified approach a collective team defending that is all about spirit similar to what we had back in the day when we when we got results against the big teams it was because we all defended everyone was was working hard and we played to our strengths we countered mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. we were effective you gave us two counters we finished one or two and we'd win the game that because we were going to defend we weren't going to allow anything this group they have they have much more talent around the pitch across the 11 sure e- even some substitutes to come in game changers sure but if they all don't defend and defend together it's useless it's not going to work and I know Greg Berhalter has the pressing down, right? 11 guys, we're all pressing, we're as a unit. But when that press gets broken down, how do they recover? What does it look like? That's that's what I'm worried about because you could press Wales, force them, make it predictable, great. But England, England's different. If you get out of the group, you happen to get out of the group, guess what? The Netherlands, different. You, you have to be able to have different ideas on when that press breaks down because it will, you can't, you're not going to be 100% effective with your press. Who recovers? How do they recover? How well does it? How, how good is it looking? Is everyone on the same page? So, I think for me that that's the only thing I'm really worried about defensively. And then in the attack, it's it's that front that front three and and then the support for for the striker. Who is it? Yunus Musa. If he's in that more advanced role, how how often do they get underneath the striker? If it's Ricardo Pepe or Jesus Ferrer, Sargent or Pifok, whoever it ends up being we need to to have uh, different ideas instead of just playing to to the wide wingers they come inside then our outside backs get high and then we whip balls in for for a small striker <laughs> you know so no 100% because Pfock I guess isn't coming or maybe he will I don't know you gotta uh, be what, fucking kidding me Jim you gotta be fucking kidding me here the one thing I do want to say is that Nations League final against Mexico was really pivotal for us as a group I think it showed that we can fight back uh, despite some adversity obviously a hostile crowd all that good stuff but every time we fought back Heath was through set pieces it was off a corner kick that Giorena ended up scoring, and then Weston McKinney had to head one in the 82nd minute. The other one was a penalty. Obviously, we we created that opportunity, and it was in the run World of play. Cup final. But it was World piece, Cup final. Yeah, yeah, another set piece. So, which is so, fine for me. I don't care. Totally, to I totally quote that too. Great. But I just if if we give up the first goal to Wales or England or Iran, I, I think it's going to be a struggle for us. Um, oh yeah, I, I mean, I hope not. If, but if, it's good. I mean, they, that goes for any team. I, I guess I'm just, but I'm just thinking specifically through the U.S. I do right, think stop, let's a, stop thinking yeah. negatively, okay? Yeah. I'm just yeah. saying, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> we're gonna win the league. We're gonna <laughs> win the league. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I'll, I'll avoid going down that route because we're not going to give up that first goal, Jimmy. But no, you're right. I, I do think first. that 
teams will have a game plan um, if they do to to just make it a living hell for our team, which we've seen consistently struggle to have ideas in and around the box of when to take risks, when to probe teams, you know, when to be creative in and around the box that forces our players to go higher and higher. And then if you're a team up one nil, you know, like Charlie said, if we if we're isolated one on one, we're not going to win that battle uh, defensively. If you're if we're exposed, and a lot of teams might sit in those blocks knowing that they can expose us or stretch us or force us, force us to take risks. And again, yes, Zimmer, uh, yes, Robinson has gotten better at crossing the ball, but it is tough. People bunker in. We got to have good combination play. That's why I actually like where I st- start to think if there if you are prepping for a team and somebody sitting in a low block, then Gio Reyna has to be on the field because of his combination yes. play. Um, but I don't know if you could have him and and uh, Serginho Dest playing on the same side unless you were controlling the flow of the game. Well, unless you have Charlie's, you know, four 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 formation, then that can <laughs> yeah. solve a lot of problems. Oh, then it's fine because then you got another right back to test. You got a whole bunch. Of, you got a whole bunch of them. We have a lot of right backs to choose from. All right, before we let everybody go, a couple topics. Uh, one is that five die five dies. I can't speak English. Five days ago, head coach Greg Berhalter, five guys. <laughs> he said uh, that. They're going to have a camp for MLS-based players who aren't in the postseason or get knocked out early. The MLS Cup Finals, November 5th, and the exact location and dates are yet to be announced. A quote from him saying, with some of the MLS players, it becomes even more tricky because the season ends October 9th with the ones that don't make the playoffs. And if their teams don't make it, now it's a whole other opportunity to work with guys in October, keep them fit, maximize their fitness levels, and hopefully play some games. So we're planning an October camp for a group of players that won't be playing the soccer. Then I added the... So, so what do you guys think with regard to this? I mean, I, I get it from a logistics standpoint, but it yeah, almost feels smart. like you get rewarded. You get rewarded no. for having a crappy MLS season. <laughs> no, this, this is an insurance plan. Yo, well. I like, get it. I get it. it yeah, that, it's for, it's for Jordan Morris. Is. That's it. That's, that's <laughs> you, you built this, uh, you built this for, uh, what? for I JMO mean, and Christian Roldan. Yeah. And, uh, and then maybe you're bringing in, um, Cade Cowell and like, you're basically looking at a, a U23 camp with a few other guys that you need to get the reps, you know? playing scrimmages you know every day is a scrimmage no uh, i get it i i i, 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 think, who else? I, I mean when listen, i look at you the gotta take advantage of it for sure when i when i look at the stand i mean you got to do something right but when i'm looking at the standings you're talking about i mean it looks like hey, we saw the supporters okay. shield winners new england get knocked out in the first round last time you know it could be kellen acosta so would it be yeah. after that first round is that what we're looking at I, yeah that's why the, i think he's waiting to see how many of his players will be available then you have you got you know got Ferreira, you got Aaron Long, Walker Zimmerman. There's there's plenty of guys that can. LAFC will get a buy. Um, that's true. But I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, but yeah, not, not like. Not anyway, I just, I just, yeah, I, I, I look, I, I get it. No, I totally I, get it. We should I'm take just advantage of it if for we can. Who the who? Like, who do you bring in that's got a bona fide chance of making the World Cup squad? Um, that that's out of the playoff picture right now. So, yeah, and maybe it's not. Well, Aaron Aaron Long could be out with Red Bulls because I don't I don't rate them, so I don't rate mm-hmm. the Red Bulls. I don't see them making. Uh, Charlie a deep hates run. Aaron Long. That's what I'm. Um, so I, I could see Aaron <laughs> Long in there. DeAndre Edlin's with Inter Miami. I don't see them going deep in the playoffs. Yeah, right, right, right. So you have those two. Um, they got to make the playoffs Paul, too. Paul Ariola and and uh, um, Jesus Ferreira could could definitely be out of the playoffs just because mm-hmm. uh, of Dallas not being consistent in the back. And then outside of that, I, I I don't see anyone that you're saying for sure could be out in that first round. Maybe having said that, maybe by the way, guys that he's interested in because I know Eric Williamson was in the camp, got injured, could be someone that you bring in because Portland, um, 
you know, Portland could also be one of those weird teams that they just defend well, they counter, the and that mm-hmm. the next thing you know, they're in the the, the final. Uh, Jordan Morris, Seattle have been horrible. So, wouldn't I mean, be, that's wouldn't be pretty. That's you can see then, like would I rather the, yeah. just call this camp or allow these guys to have a little bit of time off? I mean, you can control the environment. You can get the fitness going. I remember getting called into the national team camp after not playing a couple games in the Bundesliga and, and the team having a, a program for me, right? I was going to train and then I was going to do fitness after training and the right, build up right. to, to the game where I needed to get extra, extra runs, extra match, like sprints and things like mm-hmm, that. Very mm-hmm, specific mm-hmm. for just me. And uh, yeah, I was pissed off at the time, but I knew I needed it. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I remember doing it out at the before we played England um, uh, at at Wembley. I was doing sprints out at the training facility. I think we were at Watford or something like that. Yeah, but you were always uh, a pretty fit guy. No one ever questioned. No, but fitness, there is right? there is still no. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't that. But there's still the fact that like you've gone a few games and you know maybe it's been three or four games. You haven't played ninety. I wasn't allowed to play in any reserve matches there because of the way the rules work for being a, a non EU player. So I wasn't getting any games. So they needed to be like, hey, you got to be able to do this, you know, like let's get you a few simulated mm-hmm, sprints mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, and so it was, I, I, you know, it was, it's it was important, really helpful for me. Yeah, it's important. no, I think it's going to be important. And I think they will have all that stuff to track everybody and how they're feeling and, and getting an assessment of who needs a little bit of time to maybe get back up to full speed. And then you can start to build them up once again from there. And, and we have that luxury to your point before. Heath about controlling the environment. So I think it's a good thing ultimately, but uh, yeah, you know that the MLS haters are going to gonna love this. All right, uh, let's talk about the future then. Charlie, I'll come to you first on this. You U20s have announced their 20-man roster for the Revelations Cup in Mexico City this week. They take on Peru on Wednesday, September 21st, and then Mexico in Mexico City, which is a good one, September 24th, and then they'll play against Paraguay, Paraguay on September 27th. So three good games for our U20s. Now, what's interesting is that players have to be born on or after January 1st, 2003. The roster features 14 players born in 2003 and six born in 2004. And I just want to state for the record that I was a grown-ass man in 2003. Like, I was already, you know, boy, this is crazy. These guys are being born in 2003, and I had already lived quite a life at that point. 14 of the 20 players returned from the CONCACAF U20 championship winning squad, including midfielder Paxton Aronson, who... The younger brother of Brendan Aronson, who won the Golden Ball as the tournament's top player and the Golden Boot as the tournament's top scorer, as well as goalkeeper Chris Brady, who won the Golden Glove as the tourney's top keeper. Uh, 15 clubs are going to be represented on this, including seven from MLS, four players from the Philadelphia Union. No big surprise there. Two each from Chicago Fire and the Red Bulls. Seven players are playing abroad. Now, this is for me and Heath. There are uh, players from 10 different states. And led by five from California. Let's go, Heath. We're still we're holding strong, baby. Let's get after it, California kids. Let's how go. many? How many? How many New Hampshire? How many New Hampshire, Massachusetts? We got up in there. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't really see anybody. From- <laughs> and that's when they. That's when they. That's when they start talking New England, uh, Jimmy. Yeah. You know when they start, yeah. but they start yeah, pulling yeah, all the right. states they, together. They you know? uh, uh, yep, New Hampshire, uh, Vermont, uh, yeah. Maine, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, a other notes. Connecticut. <laughs> a Is Michael Parkhurst on that list or no? He might Jeff, as well be. Jeff, Def- Jeff Cameron. <laughs> so, so defender Jonathan Gomez is the lone player receiving his first U20 national team call-up. Gomez, as well as defender Justin Che, Kevin Paredes, Caden Clark have all previously been called up to the senior men's national team. And uh, uh, Jonathan also earned his first cap of the full team during the U- when the U.S. played against Bosnia back in December. So some big names in here. Some this- minutes. Big names, but like some of those guys aren't playing right now. You know, like that's a young group of players that are just behind the age of our senior national team guys that are going to have to figure it out and step up. If you think about Justin Che, you think about Paredes, you think about um, 
Freitas uh, is getting it, minutes at least. He, he's gotten some quality yeah, minutes. I mean, he made his debut quality. this year. Yeah. I mean, uh, he, he he got well, he came in in the sixty third minute and all in right a, in a match a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, and then it. you know, like, <laughs> but I mean, Caden yeah. Clark hasn't been hasn't been no, like, he hasn't from the hype where he went to light signed with Leipzig. Oh, he man, has yeah. not been the same nope. player in terms of you know he was meant to be a a a. Uh, like a 10 for us with a little bit more goal, sc- goal scoring ability. We haven't seen that. Be more. Uh, don't hate on New Hampshire. Come on, man. Gosh. <laughs> I'm just saying that that there's generation no, of no players for New England hate here. Come on. That generation of players I worried have maybe stepped too quickly with the hype of moving players uh, along. And, and I, I, we need them to, we need them to develop during this crucial period too. Cause we don't need another missing gap of players that Charlie's generation did to us. <laughs> All right, let's move into some final thoughts then Heath. I'll come to you first. Any final thoughts about today's pod? Obviously, to remind everybody, on Thursday, we'll have a special preview pod around the Japan game that's happening on early Friday morning. That game kicks off at 8.25 a.m. Eastern time. That means Ethan and I will be up very early, 5.25 a.m. We'll have a special recap podcast that goes live right after that game finishes so we can get right into it and get that raw emotion that I know that everybody loves when me, Charlie, and Heath are watching these games. Go ahead, Heath. Final yeah, thoughts. Uh, my final thoughts are very early in the show. I talked about the vibes-based economy that Greg is living in right now, but uh, <laughs> I had thrown Tim Ream into that conversation when I was talking about center backs, but I was really only speaking about John Anthony Brooks there. Tim Ream is not part of the the anti-vibes crew. He's a captain. He's a leader. He's just a uh, you know, selected or, or not selected, I think, differently than John Anthony Brooks. So I just wanted to clarify that because I got a really early uh, kick to the groin by by somebody in the comments, and I just wanted to make sure they knew that I wasn't <laughs> talking about Tim Ream um, being part of that vibes-based economy. All right. He's, uh, he's backpedaling, everybody. He pierces yeah. backpedaling. Charlie, how that's, about you? Final that's thought. typical. Yep. Well, I, I, if I had Charlie's... If I had Charlie's uh, leather, leather jacket, jacket, I'd be mood walking right now, not back that <laughs> way, you know? <laughs> uh, but, uh, says Charlie in his best motorcycle dad jacket. Yes. And are you okay? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pumped for Thursday to talk about uh, the, the pregame to, to, to Japan. So uh, this was a good pod. Um, that's my final it. thought. I enjoyed, I enjoyed it. it. I enjoyed it as well. That's my final yeah. thought as well. We'll see you guys on Thursday. So on behalf of Producer Des, Producer Alex, Charlie Chuck Wagon Davies, Hollywood Heath Pierce, I'm Jimmy Trashcan Conrad saying thank you for listening and watching In Soccer We Trust. And we'll see you on Thursday. We finally have a game to talk about as the U.S. take on Japan. Let's get after it, boys. See you next time. Later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.